1994, releasing a Christmas album wasn't a regular move for a musician to make. Typically, Christmas albums were reserved for old musicians who were nearing the end of their career. However, when your boyfriend is Tommy Modela, the head of Sony Music Entertainment at the, at the time, and he's pushing for you to make a Christmas album after the success of your third album, you have to cave eventually. Thus, in the summer of 1994, Mariah Carey began decorating her New York home, which she shared with her boyfriend of the time, to get her head in the Christmas space. The album, Merry Christmas, contained three original Christmas songs, the sad and ballady Miss You Most, brackets at Christmas time, the gospel-tinged and religious Jesus Born on This Day, and the song which has gone on to sell over 16 million copies and permanently change the Christmas soundscape. The song was written in 15 minutes by Carrie and her writing-slash-producing partner, Walter Afanasieff. They drew on 60s musical stylings, including Phil Spector's Wall of Sound, combined it with modern music-making techniques and lyrics that could well and truly apply to anyone. The song's universal appeal and timeless sound has cemented its place in the Christmas canon and earned it a spot on the Billboard 100 almost every year. On initial release, the song hit number one in several countries around the world, including Australia, Canada, France, and Germany. But it wouldn't be until 2019, 25 years after its initial release, the song would top the Billboard Hot 100 in the United States. If you've only heard one Christmas song in the past 26 years, there's a good chance it's this one. That's right, we're talking Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions, and compares them against one another to find out which one is underneath the Christmas tree. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by the one thing I need. Hey, Alex Mildenberger. Hey, Alex hey. Mildenberger. Hard to come up with an info, like an intro for you this week that wasn't like too, too strong. I don't think we can, I don't think that's possible. I mean, it was because like every line of this song is just like, I want you. Oh, I love yeah. you so goddamn much. And so that's that was my challenge this week. Alex Mildenberger, how yeah. are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, not much else to say, though. It's just been uh, been around the house some more. And it's been, been cold the house some more. And uh, oh, yeah, is it getting, getting cold out there. Yeah, we actually have cold weather now, unlike last week. And uh, uh, I guess that's just normal. Like, I kind of expect this to happen. But we're, like, down minus 15 now. That's crazy. So I'm just like, kind of holing up. and. Yeah, that's the ticket, dude. It hit yeah. two degrees yesterday. And we were like, oh, chilly. Ooh, chilly. Well, that is that is chilly. I'm not going to take that away from you. But uh, it is a bit like, colder sure, here. It's not cold. I'm wearing, It's, like, because autumn truly lasts, like, the whole autumn period here. And that's most pretty of the wild. I, I can that's hardly crazy. imagine the idea of, like, yeah, we don't get snow until December. Like late December. Yeah, like when, you know, actual winter is happening, which, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. unheard of to me. It is bizarre. This is my second year experiencing it, and it still makes no sense to me. Real fall. That would be neat. Yeah, real fall weather. Alex, we're talking today about one of the, one of the biggest Christmas songs of, of all time. Certainly the biggest, like, modern one. Oh, yeah. And probably the most recent 
canonical Christmas song, I would say. Yeah, I mean, what else? I guess Last Christmas is a canonical one. We talked about that last year. That was yeah. Early we talked about that last Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, folks. Thank you. Uh, as we uh, always say, uncover me. <laughs> last Christmas. Uh, no, yeah, we talked about that. Li- but yeah, this is like, and I think probably more respected in in the Christmas canon than Last Christmas. Possibly. Last Christmas has the the Whamageddon game. Along with Little Drummer Boy, where the the whole purpose is to avoid that song for the month of Christmas. There, to my knowledge, is no game like that for All I Want for Christmas is You. No, possibly, possibly because, because it'd it be is. impossible. Yes, like the other ones are tough, but this one it's impossible. Like it's not only is it everywhere. There's a million versions of it, and yeah. even like we're talking about a bunch. I think maybe one of them you would hear regularly on the radio. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, yeah, like we're not even touching on all of the Mariah Carey variations of <laughs> that this is true. Song. It's kind of like, I mean, she obviously has other stuff, but this is like her big thing. Mm-hmm. Even I mean, out watching on YouTube some of the like live versions of this song. Yeah, I can't. She has the whole stage is Christmas, version. and it's like, yeah. what about the rest of the show? Like, you don't. What are you doing? <laughs> so I, it's yeah, it's like a big part of her. Her oeuvre. Yeah, and she has this Christmas special on Apple TV, I guess. So every music video I had to watch for this episode, of which there are four for Mariah Carey alone, well, I only <laughs> had two, the intro. Man. You only watch two. There's four. Oh, man. <laughs> one of them is just kind of the same as the first one, but with a different footage. Okay. Um, What's this one but... with Justin Bieber? Is that one of them? No, so there is. I'm strictly for the original version. There is the original 1994 release with the the home video recording footage. Right. There is the black and white release. That's just it's very boring and it's built to mimic like the Ronettes and musicians of that time. Right. And then there are two made in 2019. One of which is just different footage, uh, different like home footage that they cut together to make another music video. And then one of which is where Mariah Carey exists as this, like, display in a Christmas store. Yes, time freezes. that's the other she... one I watched. Okay, you watched that There's one. That's, that's probably the most it. important. Yeah. All right. I yeah, got, I got music my videos, important though. bases covered. And then before I get to listen to All I Want for Christmas is You, I have to first listen to 10 seconds of All I Want for Christmas is You to advertise the fact that she's doing she's Christmas doing special. Apple TV, whatever. Apple yeah. TV Plus, <laughs> Mariah Carey's <laughs> Magical Christmas Special. Yeah, so it's just inescapable, this song, truly. It really, yeah, it's, it's, I don't even know. And another 15-minute masterpiece. There's so many of those we talk about on, on this show where they're like, yeah, it took me 15 minutes, so I wrote it all out. Yeah, kind of interesting, because this was a, um, this was a collaboration between them where the actual lyrics, it sounds like, were, uh, what was the guy's name? I've I've lost. Uh, Walter Afanasyev. Yeah, he sounds like he wrote kind of the lyrics and did a lot of the um, orchestration, and then or the arrangement, I guess, and then the actual mm-hmm. melody came from Mariah Carey. And the melody is yeah. a pretty strong part of the song. It's like, it's well, one, it's very Christmassy, possibly just because we always hear it at Christmas, but it's also pretty catchy and repeats a lot. So. Yeah, it's catchy or peace a lot. People have noted that since it draws on so many older styles of Christmas songs, like the 40s, 50s, and 60s, 
um, that it has this sort of timeless feel, which has maybe eased its transition to the Christmas canon because it has a feeling like it's always been there. Right. Yeah, it doesn't feel tied to any one time period, so it doesn't feel weird. Or it kind of creates this like nostalgic feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, although I honestly never noticed that, certainly listening to it. Like, it's not immediately obvious that there's a 60s influence in particular, which I certainly didn't notice even after I read that fact. I kind of was a little suspicious of it, but mostly, like, there's a live performance of her performing early on, and, like, her hair is very, like, Ronettes, like, old school 60s. Yeah, my understanding is when they're thinking 60s and they mention it in their writing of it, he plays rock and roll piano. And then there is, uh, like that's that's probably like the simplicity of it, the rock and roll piano, and yeah. the I guess the harmonies. Of, yeah, the harmonies, supposedly. I suppose, and and the wall of sound elements. Yeah, which definitely so come not in. not like directly what a a normal human being would hear and maybe go like mm, the '60s, but things that are certainly from that area and kind of implanted in our consciousness consciousness. Right, in ways that you wouldn't necessarily be able to access. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, besides mm-hmm. the fact that this song has existed since you were just a little bitty baby, uh, what other connections do you have to this piece? Do you like it, hate it? What's your What's your story? I always go back and forth on these things because it really is at Christmas. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So this year it wasn't so bad, though, because it's not like we were out at the malls all the time doing all this shopping i didn't hear any christmas music at any malls because i didn't go to any malls really or i haven't yet um for for whatever christmas shopping i might do or have done so it's not it's not like grading on me at this point you know for this year just because of the just because of covid and everything so i could kind of this was fine and like it's i think like it's a pretty decent christmas song it it's a very like pop christmas song so if you're not into that it's not going to convince you you know otherwise i don't think but there's a reason it's in the it's in the christmas canon as it were uh possibly unofficial christmas canon and uh i had a conclusion but i i've lost it (laughs) so it's your conclusion is it's been around a lot. Yeah, it feels it. like natural. Like it feels mm-hmm. like a natural fit for pop Christmas music. So like it I think it deserves to be there. So um right now, I think it's a pretty decent song, but some years I definitely like have just heard it enough and need it to stop. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I'm of the same opinion as if you could get the right balance of it in your Christmas diet. You're like, oh yeah, this is a a pop banger. It's it's bright, it's cheerful. It's it, every like third word is Christmas. <laughs> so you can sing along pretty easy. What's not to love? Yeah. Um, and, What's not and to love? I mean, I probably they... wouldn't listen to it on my like own generally, no. but that's true for most Christmas music. Yeah, I I do Christmas so, music yeah. like intentionally on Christmas Day. And even then, I, I play it fast and loose with what is Christmas yeah. music. Like, yeah, Christmas that. time in Toronto, that's a Christmas song, right? Right? We all, yeah. we all like Gord Downey. Hell right? yeah. Um, I'm not actually familiar with that song by name. What album is that off of? It's off of uh, 
Battle of the Nudes. Battle of the okay. Nudes? I don't know if I know that album. Cord Downey's second solo album. <laughs> Third song, Christmas Time in Toronto. It doesn't sound very Christmassy, is my point. Uh, maybe that's what Christmas Time in Toronto is like. I wouldn't know. I've never been. True. Especially not at Christmas time. Yeah. Battle of the New... Oh, yeah, I've seen the album. I have I have this on... I probably lent it to you. Yeah. It's like a for sure did. painting of a kid holding guns with wings. Yeah. Kid has wings, not me. the guns. Oh, that's you. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's... Oh, that's your guns. <laughs> those are my guns, yeah. Oh, you hear me talking about those. That's what's going on. Alex, let's talk. Let's knock out these lyrics. <laughs> let's talk about some are, lyrics. There's not a lot of them to talk about. They're so or there simple. are, but there's not a lot to talk about in them, I don't think. They're, they're very plain. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own, more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you. Yeah! Yeah, it's about... It's about... Uh, you see, often materialism is associated with Christmas because we, we trade or exchange gifts with people. Um, oftentimes it's sort of considered to be an obligation. Uh, and But at the end of the day, this person, the song narrator, Mariah Carey perhaps, um, is saying that that's not important to them. What's actually important to them is this one specific person that they're singing to. Yes. And the fact that that one specific person can be anyone, there's nothing hyper-sexual about these lyrics, or, like, I mean, there's, like, a bit of romance, but even that is, like, loose. It's just, like, like love in the most, like, Disney-fied sense of it, where it's just, like, good, wholesome love. So, you know, you could sing this to your baby, you could sing this to your lover, you could sing it to your grandma. Anybody can sing it to anybody, and that's, I think, part of the appeal. Yeah, there's even, um, like on the Jethro Tull Christmas album, there's a song similar. It's just like about coming together at Christmas, which is a big theme of Christmas that gets put into like Christmas movies and obviously songs where it's like we, you know, spend time with family and loved ones. That's the yeah. thing you do at Christmas. That's like one. Of, yeah, that's kind of one of the one of the Christmas cliches, you might even say. I would say that, Alex. Yeah. And so then, yeah, that takes us into verse one, which is very similar. Uh, actually, almost entirely. Don't want to live for Christmas. There's just one thing I need. Brackets and I. We get some backup vocals. We'll talk yeah. more about those later. Sure. Don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I don't need to hang my stocking there upon the fireplace. Uh. Santa uh. won't make me happy with a toy on Christmas Day. Yeah, so this um, is your... your um obligatory like minor innuendo right yeah um like get a little sexual but like not a lot like like we're really i'm really stretching here to say this yeah it's 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 a reach um, there's nothing in the the presentation of like when she sings it it doesn't get like super horny sounding no but like um, it, it might maybe it'll pick up ears and be like wait there's a woman grown woman talking about toys is it a sex toy um that's the one thing I wanted to note. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just getting horny on Maine. I here. had the same uh, thing, though. But again, <laughs> maybe I'm just horny. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe that it's comes. Just seeing in... it in writing there too, you're like, oh. 
Although it's also like it's obviously you know toys are associated with Christmas, just you know regular toys. Yeah, on the uh, most base evaluation, this song is like here are things that happen on Christmas. I don't care about these things. Not nearly as much as being with that one specific person. Ooh. Yeah, and like that's it. Um, but yeah, I just. I mean, they had to have known, like, if they're throwing the word toy in there. And then, of course, there's the other, like, no, it's about, like, childish wonder or something. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, but they could have used gift, right? With a gift on Christmas Day? Yeah. Probably. Or something. Like, there's there's a way to not do that. Did they make this decision conscious? I, I just have to imagine they did. I would have to. So then we come to verse two, because the chorus we've already gone over. I won't ask for much this Christmas. I won't even wish for snow, which is, you know, only loosely affiliated with Christmas. I'm just going to keep on waiting underneath the mistletoe. I won't make a list and send it to the North Pole for St. Nick. I won't even stay awake to hear those magic reindeer click. And see, here they had the opportunity to rhyme with dick, and they didn't do it. So <laughs> To hear that magic reindeer dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it drags across your roof. Yeah, that's the, that's the pitter-patter. Um... <laughs> So, yes, again, talking about uh, presents and then bringing up other things, the mistletoe, of course, being the thing you kiss under. I've never been at a place that has mistletoe. Like, I don't know. I've never. That's never been. It seemed it's one of those things where growing up, it seemed like it'd be a problem. Like, I remember being in elementary school, you know, very young. I mean, like, what if I what if I'm under the mistletoe with someone and I have to kiss them? What am I going to do? It's never come up. It's never come up. It's like a, you know, it's, um... It's similar to quicksand. Quicksand, yeah. It's like quicksand or, like, the club. It just hasn't come up. Yeah. It's just, yeah, 100%. Hollywood, like, uses it in, or at least used to, in just about every Christmas movie. It's like, look. Oopsie, they're under the mistletoe. And the laws of who knows what the the universe dictate that you have to kiss. They must kiss now. I wonder where that started. I'm sure we could look it up, but... Um, it's a it's a druid tradition, isn't it? Maybe doesn't the mistletoe represent like a nutsack? You see, the mistletoe <laughs> is balls. Oh, now I get it. Anyway, and then they say sure. North Pole. So while we're talking about dicks, pole sometimes innuendo. Nah, not really. Yeah, like not really, and like even like the mistletoe. Yeah, it's for kissing, but I'm just fucking like, around. Not like for hard kissing. Yeah, it's, it's just, just like, like it's like pecking. Yeah, but it's also it's like a yeah, it's like a connection, I guess. And then uh, a lot of it, like similar to the beginning, of talking about toy and Christmas Day, or like staying awake to listen to the reindeer, sort of also coded as very like childish and innocent. You know, yeah. like you tuck up in your bed and you're like, oh, we can't see Santa, but maybe we'll catch a peek of Santa because you can never see Santa because, and maybe you didn't know this, Santa's not real. <laughs> so, sorry for any young children listening to this, but also maybe don't. But uh, so You're about to get fucking Christmas movie. You're, you're going to learn that Santa's real. <laughs> uh, I mean, there this has Christmas. to be some logical explanation for all the gifts that appear under the tree. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So, That's my favorite thing is that, yeah, in these movies where Santa is real. like the Yeah, Judge Santa. Reinhold's like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's no such thing as Santa. Gifts just appear into the tree. It's fine. <laughs> That's just what trees do. Um, now, I just did a Judge. quick Wikipedia on mistletoe. Okay. Pre-Christian cultures regarded the white berries as symbols of male fertility, with the seeds resembling semen. 
So I was, I was pretty close. Mm, so it's like semen berries. Yeah, the ancient Greeks referred to mistletoe as oak sperm. Um, yeah, it plays an important role in druidic mythology in the ritual of oak and mistletoe. Cool. Uh, 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 uh. So yeah, it's it's about that that good good fertility. Kind of love that fertility. Go to those fertility idols, etc. It's apparent, and apparently in Christian culture, it's a place where lovers are expected to kiss, and it also offers protection from witches and demons. Oh well, that's why. You don't want a witch or a demon to roll up on you while you're kissing. Like what? Okay. What? Think about all the horrible things that. Yeah, can that'd happen. be the worst time. So you gotta get get some of that. You can't see, and then Hang suddenly there's a sperm. demon there. Yeah. yeah. Hide behind the oak sperm. The name of my new Christmas album. (laughs) Hide behind the oak sperm. Yeah, let's Um, do it. Yes. Now we're back. That's verse two. That's what happens there. Magic reindeer click. We talked about that it could be dicks if they really wanted it to be. (laughs) Oh, all the lights are shining. So brightly everywhere. So brightly, baby. And the sound of children's laughter fills the air. Oh, oh, yeah. And everyone is singing. I hear those sleigh bells ringing. Oh, Santa, won't you bring me the one I really need? Yeah, oh, oh, won't you please please bring my baby to me? So this is just like, here's some shit that happens around Christmas time. More Christmas stuff, lights associated with Christmas. We hang up lights and stuff. It's Um, probably to juxtapose between the idea of the dark winter and the brightness of the light. Because... Christmas does occur at the beginning of the winter, at least the traditional beginning of winter. Mm-hmm. And that's associated with darkness and historically death. It's not a yeah. probably good time for a, for an old school, uh, old timey human to be alive because it's very cold. Certainly not. And, uh, and the candle represents warmth and fire. I oh, mean, yeah. it doesn't represent fire. There's fire in the candle, but lights, yeah, man. The, yeah, lights yeah, represent yeah. fire. Yeah. yeah. And then, so the only only thing of note here is she, instead of dressing you, whoever you may be, uh, dresses Santa here. Because Santa is, an, is a known abductor and can <laughs> transport yeah. people. I mean, he doesn't do it anymore because it's not legal, but he used to, I'm sure. If he's been probably, around forever. Yeah. Like, why aren't we talking about that? Santa's complicit, it's, is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, it's Coca-Cola. You know, they've silenced things ever since he affiliated himself with them. <laughs> This is, yeah, this is some corporate conspiracy stuff. For sure. Coca-Cola sanitized Santa Claus. Santa, Santa, Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Like Santa dash Claus is like sanitized. Oh. Uh. It just didn't come across vocally, verbally all that much, but if you wrote it down, it would look good. It would look great. Oh, I don't want a lot for Christmas. This is verse three. This is all I'm nice. asking for. Uh, I just want to see my baby standing right outside my door. Classic Christmas movie moment. Knock on the door and they're like, what? We didn't invite anybody else. And it's like, it's the person we thought wasn't going to be here. That's amazing. That's right. And then they have a moment like a- and then there's mistletoe above the door. Bam. And they just make out. And then there's credits maybe, or maybe there's something else. I don't know. Uh, you know, they sing a song together for one last time. Christmas. They pull the same bit. Somebody else is at the door and they're like, oh, we didn't invite any anybody else. <laughs> We already got this one person. They open up. It's Bing Crosby or some shit. He's like, like, I'd just like to sing you guys a little Christmas song. I'd just like to play this on the Piana. <laughs> the Piana. Classic. Wow, that's um, a callback to two years ago. 
two years ago two years when ago, Bing Crosby yeah. and David Bowie released their version of Little Drummer Boy. When we talked about it. <laughs> um, that's it. That's all of the lyrics. Yeah, there's some just, outro stuff, but it's just all I want for Christmas is you, baby. Baby, yeah, we get some babies, we get some yous, some ah-oh, ah-ohs. Ah-oh, ah-oh. Ah-oh, ah-oh. That's it. That's what happens in the song All I Want for Christmas. Here are some things that happen on Christmas. I don't want them. I would prefer you. Thank you very much. My name is Mariah Carey. <laughs> Signed, Mariah Carey. MC. Your girl, Mariah. Your girl, Mariah. Thanks, now, Mariah. I have some quotes here. I got some big ass, fat, thick quotes. Yeah, drop them before, on me. Before we drop in the, the instrumentation here. Um, so here is how Walter Afanasiev. I don't know if I'm saying that name right, but it sure is fun the way I say it. Um, he's he's talking about the songwriting here. He says, It was always the same sort of system with us. We would write the nucleus of the song, the melody, primary music, and then some of the words were there as we finished writing it. I started playing some rock and roll piano and started boogie-woogieing my left hand. And that inspired Mariah to come up with the melodic, I don't want a lot for Christmas. And then we started singing and playing around with this rock and roll boogie song, which immediately came out to be the nucleus of what would end up being All I Want for Christmas is You. That one went very quickly. It was an easier song to write than some of the other ones. It was very formulaic, not a lot of chord changes. I tried to make it a little more unique, putting in some special chords that you don't really hear a lot of, which made it unique and special. Sounds like he discovered the secret chord. Um, then for the next week or two, Mariah would call me and say, what do you think about this bit? We would talk a little bit until she got the lyrics all nicely coordinated and done. And then we just waited until the sessions began, which was in the summer of 94, where we got together in New York and started recording. And that's when we first hear her at the microphone singing. And the rest is history. That was a long quote. It's a fucking long quote. Um... Yeah, I, I guess that's kind of the other thing. There's sort of we uh, there are chords we associate with Christmas songs, I think. Yes. In, a lot of the time, I don't know what they are. Oh, well, this song is in the key of G major, apparently. Which yeah seems like pretty normal, right? But I, I'm assuming mm. it's chord extensions. What I've noticed, and I've been playing a little bit of Christmas music over the last couple of weeks. Sure. Yeah. One chord type that I've found sounds very interesting in the context of a Christmas song is uh, a major seventh. And usually we play dominant seventh chords. Major seventh is pretty similar. But there's sort of this, like, quality to these these major seventh chords that is very, like, can feel very, like, nostalgic and almost bittersweet which I find mm. fits with a lot of Christmas music that kind of has that, like, tone of... Kind of addresses, at least thematically, the idea of, like, this is just one day, and then it's over. Like, it's, it's, it's a quick thing, and then mm. we don't talk about it when we talk about it, but, like, we don't do it again until next year. It's kind of like... There's a better word for it, and I'm trying to think of it, but I can't. Uh... <laughs> Anyway, that's just something that I've thought about. It's not really relevant to this song, but 
this might be relevant because there is actually a quote here on the Wikipedia oh. article from Adam Ragusea, Ragusea from he, he writes for Slate, I guess. He counts at least 13 distinct chords at work, resulting in a sumptuously chromatic melody. The song also includes what he considers the most Christmassy chord of all. And I, I, will, I will speak this slowly so you can grasp it because I really don't understand what he's saying. A minor subdominant or four chord with an added six under the words underneath the Christmas tree, among other places. You might also analyze it as a half-diminished two-seventh chord, but either interpretation seems accurate. Does that speak to your your, your uh, chords? It's not the one I was mentioning, I don't think. Um, okay. It's kind of, I guess sort of. I, I don't remember what a half-diminished is off the top of my head. Do you know um, what a subdominant is? Yeah, I know what a subdominant is. That's just like okay. the four. Yeah, and this yeah. says with an added six. It says you could analyze it that other way too, but it yeah. presumably either way you analyze it, it should be the same noise, right? Yeah, and I'm not like super up on harmonic analysis in that mm. sense. So like, I don't know exactly, but if you take a... a major seventh chord it's sort of like a a minor chord with an added sixth well flat sixth Mm. so is that related i don't know alex you you know my stance sounds like not quite but i don't also think that uh, a single chord is necessarily Christmassy because the context matters so much. Right. What about 13 distinct chords? That's a lot. That's a lot. Let's talk about them. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about every about single first, one of them. First, let's talk one more quote All right, from one more boy, quote. Walter Afanasio. Afanasio. Uh, uh, he says that, the, the, this is speaking of the song's music elements, he says it's a lush bed of keyboards reminiscent of a small-scale wall of sound, cushions the song's cheery rhythms while a soulful vocal chorus adds robust ooze, tension-creating counter-melodies and festive harmonies. Most notably, however, the song's jaunty piano chords and melody keep the song merrily bouncing along. So when you say ooze, do you mean ooze as in O-O-Z-E or ooze as in like ooze? Yeah, the second ooh. one, not okay not ooze not like teenage mutant ninja turtles secret of the ooze yeah no certainly not that one all right i thought that was just a good quote to sort of lay the platform for the the instrumentation of the song yeah um also worth noting originally uh afanasiev tried to have a live band for the instrumentals on this um but he hated that so this is all programmed instruments that he's he's arranged Except song facts suggest that the guitar on this, if indeed there is any, may belong to uh, some dude named like Dan Hum or some shit. Dan yeah, Huff. I feel like of all things, you probably wouldn't want to try to sequence a guitar. It just doesn't work that great. Yeah. Now, one more fun fact here that I also got off of song facts. Apparently, the English farmer by the name of Angus Wielkopolski discovered that goats produce more milk listening to this song than any other. What, do you test every single song? In history, yes. It's a farmer. So goats, time in his hands. goats like this song almost as much as humans. Yes, they produce up to half a pint more 
when this song is playing. I wonder how much that is as a percentage of like goat milk production. Because like half a pint, it's like some. I guess uh, certainly per goat that would add up. But like how much does a goat produce? Is that like a doubling? Probably not. But no, I feel like that's probably just like a little bonus, right? There's no way that playing the the one song would double goat milk production. Like if that 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 would like change the world economics be like we now suddenly have twice as much goat milk yeah. what are we gonna do with all this goat cheese because what you else do you do with goat milk you can't do anything with goat cheese now let's talk about this the music sounds happening here alex i've derailed us with goats <laughs> let's talk about music sounds um so it starts out with these bell chimes yeah it's kind of that like music box sound yeah they're like very thin like Music box, glockenspiel, Celeste thing, like very high pitched. Yes. Excuse me. So that's that's how you know it's a Christmas song because it sounds like a toy. Yes. And then we get this like cymbal roll, a very gentle cymbal roll, these big handbell sounds coming in on single beats, a sort of uh, strings in the back. Yeah, it's got kind of that like it really does have like a like an orchestrated sound to it or like a like mm-hmm. there's a lot more instruments um as opposed to like the sequence sounds they did a pretty good job of that um and then mariah carey's singing as well she comes in with that like intro section which is kind of the first half of the first verse um much mm-hmm. slower though she's really doing her like vocal runs and stuff yeah off this is like the uh it's almost a false start, right? It's like, oh, this thing's going to be this big, all slow and heavy. And then it. Yeah, a little bit more of that, like, classic Christmas, like, like non pop Christmas songs have that kind of, like, haunting um, as- aspect to them, where it's like. Yeah. Almost like acknowledging the death, but there's, like, a reverence as well, you know, because a lot of them are religious. Like, mm-hmm. maybe we're going to go in that direction. Like a silent night, but that's not what happens. It's not. But yeah, it's like you said, it's a bunch of swells and there's a bunch of symbols here. And we get through this intro and then we get a bunch more piano. Yeah, that piano starts coming in fast and it's... uh. It kind of sticks throughout on this thing. This yeah, there's like this quick, quick, like eighth note style piano chords, and then kind of that's the sort of second intro. Yeah, and then it just like drum roll, everything comes in. Just yeah, it's big. This is like the song doesn't really let up from here on out. There's a yeah, bridge, uh... but like we we get high quick. Yeah, and it stays there. It's not there's not a lot of like movement after it comes up, but it stays up. Yeah, like maybe a couple subtle differences here and there, but no, it's yeah. it's pretty energetic from here on out. And if you watch the live performances, like they really play that. You know, there's like it's like spotlight to like bring a hundred dancers on stage and there's children wandering around for some reason and like courts everywhere bleachers everywhere. dancers backup singers big performance 
Um, yeah, so like the instrumentally stays pretty steady. That's a it's a driving rhythm. There's sleigh bells now, of course, because it's Christmas song. Yes, gotta have the sleigh bells. Gotta, gotta have, have the sleigh bells. bells. Um, another thing, you kind of mentioned the rhythm for a second. I think it's very like steady, regular bass. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just like a dun, 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 yeah, like root like, notes. Pushing, just kind of pushing the song along, like a glorified metronome, really. <laughs> At least for this part, uh, yeah. it might be in other versions that do a little more with the bass, but yeah, we do get some bass. There's some bass going on in this episode. Mm. You just might have to wait for it. Stay tuned for bass. Yeah. And then the 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 piano stays around, but it's kind of like playing between. Um, I I think smaller intervals like it's da, 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 but it's like going up and down like back yeah and so it's not just like straight like it was before it's kind of going up and down but still fast yeah a little slower yeah but it's fast it might just be yeah i think it's just going between two things yeah and then we already yeah. have those backup vocalists too which yeah. um, I thought was interesting. They were talking about the harmonies, or I saw a quote somewhere that compared them to the Beach Boys, and like, I it made me realize that I don't actually know much about how the Beach Boys would create a harmony, other than if I hear like falsetto harmonies, I'm like, yeah, like the Beach Boys, totally. So there's that, but like in harmonically, I don't know. yeah, I don't know what it means to have Beach Boy style, Beach Boys style. But harmony. that is another potential '60s influence if this comment uh, was accurate. Yeah. It's a comment from Rosh Parisian from All Music. Is that it? Yeah. Are you looking at it? Yeah. Sweet. I'm 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 tapped into the Matrix, which is just the Wikipedia page for this. Yeah. I mean, this is just an hour and a half of us reading a Wikipedia page, isn't it? Yeah. That's generally. not true. We listened to the song. <laughs> All right. Um. So what happens after that? So that's our first verse. We get into the chorus, and there's like, they add these like descending bells. Which is very Christmassy. I don't know who decided that you get that like do 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 that with bells, bell sound. Right. Um, but like that's pretty much it. Uh, the other thing that happens, the piano really gets buried at this yeah. point, uh, particularly in the second half of the chorus, and then it kind of like jumps back in for the transition where it goes into its like sixteenth notes chords again, like in the intro. Yeah. But, like, really for a while there, it's there if you really listen for it, but it's basically not there. Yeah, it's practically invisible. But, yeah, you've got all the backup vocals coming in. It, of course, builds up to the the final line of the chorus, which is, I think, just the backup vocals who sing that. It's a very, it's like a big group. So she could be involved, but it's not like she is turned up. They're all kind of on the same level. Like, enveloped by it. Yeah. Which I guess is part of that group singing. Although it's it's interesting the way they handle this song because it's very, like, if you just read the lyrics, it's like, oh, we're singing. It's one person singing to another person. But it's such, like, a big production when they sing it. There's so many backup vocals supporting. Yeah. So I guess they're elves or something. I don't know. I guess. It's just very much like a... That, that commercial Christmas aspect. We like to go big on Christmas, right? I guess, so. yeah. Coming together. That's a Christmas theme, so. Yeah. There you go. Um. Yeah, like, other than that, like, the bridge has, like, a slight variation to it. 
Yeah, like the backup vocals, I think, are a little more consistent. I it sounds like the the her vocals change a bit. Like it's more double tracked. I think. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, your backing beat has lost the piano back bounce back backbone, so you just hear that bass and some like sleigh bells and shit. Like it's a little more sparse. Yeah, so like it feels different, and I think like there's enough harmonic change, like the chords change enough that it feels like we're in a different thing. Yeah, it is recognized. Yeah, it's an it's obviously a bridge, but mm-hmm. the but it doesn't like let up or go all out or anything there it's kind of more yeah. of the song excuse me yeah it's like the most most like subtle bridge change i've ever seen because it, it loses nothing despite actually losing instruments yeah and i guess that's part of that wall of sound you can kind of do that you can still yeah. be big without losing much um but yeah it's pretty it's pretty consistent throughout the song yeah and then um, we come to like the the last minute, which is just like the the outro repetitions. Yeah, it's a lot of outro. Mariah Carey singing very high, which um, is and a thing she does. This part, I I thought once you get into the horns in the outro, horn sounds, where it gets a little more sixties feeling. Okay. But that's where oh, I got yeah, more 60s, I 60s vibes. Um, okay. I can envision just like standing behind a, a single mic stand, you know, right. waving your arms out in front of you, kind of singing style that I would expect oh, yeah. from, the, from the 60s. And backup singers forever. And backup singers. Um, yeah, and so they fade out. It's, it's cowardly, but I don't know. How the hell else do you end this thing? You had to end on that energy, so you just slowly remove the song yeah it's kind of like the party just sort of fades out naturally like it's it's a big dance party by the time we get to the end you know everyone's out on stage and they're just dancing around and then like you lose a person every 10 seconds or something and then eventually it's over yeah you run out of people so yeah that's that's the composition of this song anything else to say on it alex before we talk about four different music videos no let's hit those music videos all right. Um. So the first one is the the home video footage from 1994. Did you watch that one? Not super closely, but I did watch it. Okay. So this one was allegedly shot and directed by Mariah Carey in the Christmas season of 1993. Which is That's like, funny. it just kind of looks like home video. Like it's a lot yeah, of like, it's... hey, we're decorating a tree. Look at this shot of a hand putting a bobble on a tree of decoration, a bulb, yeah. whatever you call them. And also Mariah Carey with bunnies for some reason. She oh, she does have bunnies. Bunny. Maybe she has and pet rabbits. She, she later gets us their gifts, though. And if you watch oh. the, the 25th anniversary version with different footage, somebody gave her a dove, too. Everybody is giving Mariah Carey live animals for Christmas. Yeah. Um, that's probably irresponsible. But it looks cool. It's, is that a reference to, like... Uh, twelve days of Christmas, just like giving a bunch of animals and people. Is that how that worked? Right. Yeah, they give people. Oh yeah, me- maids a milking. Mm. Unless the maids suspect. are what you call cows. Do you call cows maids? I don't think so. I don't. But do you? <laughs> I wouldn't. I would never. I'm not gonna Google that either. I feel like. All right. Up. All right. Um. Yeah, you're gonna get she, to some weird horny things with some that. Weird stuff. Um. So you get Mariah like tobogganing or sledding. 
Um, she's sometimes wearing like a reasonable winter wear. Sometimes she's wearing a, a hot Santa outfit. Yeah, just it's fairly brief, right? She yeah, wear a hot Santa outfit for very long. Also, it's like a snow, like a like a mono color snowsuit. She's all in yeah. red, um, which kind of reminds me of the last Christmas music video. It's just like old school like ski gear where everyone yeah. is like let's dress in one color and it's very visible against the snow so that's probably safer yeah you'll be like what's that big pile of red and then it's like oh it's mariah, <laughs> mariah carey, carey. <laughs> um what i hate about this music is just on, on any transition like anytime the drums go like the camera just goes fucking nuts and just like starts swinging around it's very jarring compared to the rest, which is like this soft focus. Like, she, yeah, oh, look, Mariah Carey. And it's like, dun, 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 dun. Ah, ah. I'll try to find a part with that. I think I'm almost there. Yeah, get to it, because it's, uh, it's, it's harsh. Oh, whoa. Just goes like low frame rate and yeah, and just kind of like like instead of being steady, it just swings around. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's an interesting music video, kind of like we said, cuts between clips of like decorating a tree, opening gifts, um, just frolicking in the snow, um, sexy Santa outfits. Oh yeah, that's her boyfriend at the time and head of Sony Music Entertainment at the time, Tommy Coppola or whatever it is. Katala, something. Tommy C. Yeah, and it's all like low quality. Modela, it's Tommy M. Tommy M. Yeah, it's all uh, low quality because it was shot on a fucking like home video style. Yeah. Well, she's got two dogs too, which is important later in life. Later in life. Okay. I'm with you, in the year 2019, it will be important. All right. Because those dogs are probably dead, is the Pro- point. Because yeah. there's also a dog in the 2019 video. I mean, they would have to be. I don't think dogs... Live, live for 25 like, years? Dogs rarely live that long. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I'm not a dog scientist, but that's what I think. Um, yeah, so as far as music videos goes, it kind of fits. Uh, it, the like Christmas... Obviously, it's very Christmassy because it's got that like home video look, so it's very got that nostalgia thing going on. Uh, it feels kind of lo-fi, especially for us now, when we have much better quality recordings that you can just do in your home. Mm-hmm. It feels like old, old-fashioned. So you're looking at the past, and uh, other than that. It doesn't like tell a story or anything. There's no. No, like... I, I think it relies on the Blondie principle where you're <laughs> like, well, she's pretty attractive. It doesn't really matter what we do. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps. She's just kind of like jumping around and smiling, and Santa's there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're like, hey, right on. We love Mariah Carey. And so it's just like totally fine. Now, if you look up Mariah Carey, a black and white, all I want for Christmas is you, you'll find the other music video. That was released in 1994. This one's very boring. Okay, I think I found is this like her performing it in the Ronette's hair? Yes. So like once you've seen, like if you just go like a minute in, you'll see 
pretty much the only frame you need to see to know everything that happens in the video. Yeah, so like um, she's got her, she's got her backup vocals. I mean, you can see all the wires. It just looks like old. Yeah, it's an old sixties soundstage. Soundstage with singers on it, and she's uh, yeah, and she's a couple pretending of a Ronnie Spector. Yeah, and uh, she's got the boots on and the hair, and it's black and white, and uh, yeah. and they do the song like it's it's a performance music video. With yeah, a higher resolution uh, than you would expect from something that's old and degraded. Yeah, and it's just like it's since that's all it is, it's just very, very, very boring to watch. There's just not a lot going on. At least in the like in the 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 home video one, it's you're like, oh, now she's down the sled. Now Santa's there. Oh, now she's opening gifts. Now she's laying around and playing with a candy cane or whatever. Actually, that might be the unreleased footage where she plays with the candy cane. Yeah, according to this. Okay. According to this other video, there's there's like a it shows two black and white videos side by side. Hmm. And there's like so there's like a separate cut that's just like not very good. They, and they're they're basically the same. They're the same a lot of the time, but then they deviate sometimes and it's just like not a, like one of them's a not great version. Phenomenal. It's just like a bit different, but it's the same. That is that. And so, yeah, then we moved to 2019, yes. where there is the unreleased footage version, oh. which is, uh, it's just, like, different. Fo- Imagine the the original music video, but just, like, slightly different. And that's it. Just, like, like ooh, unreleased video footage. Wow. Yeah, she wears some sunglasses in this one. That was a big highlight. Yeah, she wears sunglasses, pulls the them down, and does the little sunglasses wink. Uh, throws a lot of snow at the camera. We get the kaleidoscope effect from the original, but on Mariah. Um, I really, the vibe in this one is really that the person she wants for Christmas is Santa, which like checks out because that the dude in the Santa costume is literally her boyfriend of that time. But that would explain why she is telling Santa to bring her the person she wants because it's like it was Santa the whole time. It was Santa the whole time. Um, we get some kids dancing around her. There's a snowy wreath. She gets a dove. Uh, she eats a Christmas cookie. And, uh, yeah, she does that, and she shakes a candy cane at the screen. These are sort of her two flirtatious actions in this music video, is flirtatiously eating a cookie and shaking a candy cane at the screen. And then it ends saying Mary 25th. The original music video had text that came up and just said the end. This one says Mary 25th, a reference to both the anniversary of this song and, obviously, Christmas. Christmas happening on the 25th of December. Wow. Now let's talk about the most buck wild, and that's the 2019 All I Want for Christmas is You Brackets Make My Wish edition. Make My Wish, Make my come, wish come True, true edition. edition. Yeah, so this is, like, very modern. What's weird about this one is there's, like, like if the, there's an intro segment with a young girl who's, like, wandering through a winter wonderland, which I assume is just a mall or something. What there's, time freezes when she's at the mall with her parents? Oh, that's what's going on. Oh, yeah, everything's frozen. Yeah, so these these snow she touches the snow and then the only thing that isn't frozen is Mariah Carey. Cuz this is her stand power. Yeah. It's her stand power. <laughs> it's also weird that she looks so separate from the background. Yeah. Like very separate. It's very like blurry. I don't know why that is. But anyway. It's okay. Well, there is something we also have to talk about and this might explain it. I don't know. It shouldn't explain it, but it might. Apparently, Mariah Carey likes to be shot 
in double time. So she, and then oh. when you edit the footage, you slow it down to half speed. Because apparently, I, I guess maybe it gives a softer focus, which means, which also means that when she is singing these, she sings in double time, or at least lip syncs in double time. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, apparently it came up in the the Mariah and Justin Bieber music video, which uh, you watched, right? No, I just noticed it. You just noticed when it. I, okay, I didn't watch it either, but apparently that's why in some shots Justin Bieber doesn't sing at all because he's not used to Mariah Carey's insane double-time singing approach. Double-time singing. So everything is happening twice as fast in this video? That is... That may be correct. That is... <laughs> apparently her... How she gets her shots... So when the and that may be also why the child is predominantly separate. Yeah, from maybe. Mariah Carey here. Oh yeah, I guess not all the shots, like probably some of the wide shots, you wouldn't do that for because it's just yeah. not worth it. But if it's like a close up on her, maybe. Yeah. I I don't fully understand that. That seems like a very strange technique, but. But hey, if it works for you, right? So yeah, she yeah. sees Mariah. Mariah starts moving. She looks back to Santa Claus, who's shaking a handbell. He's also moving. He's like, "Go for it, child." Go hang out in Mariah's wonderful Christmas display. And then and then they do. They do, and it's There's it's this Yeah. It's white. It's very white inside there, Alex. She like goes through a window. She walks through glass and then goes through a door. Yeah, how does she get through the actual Christmas display part? That's magic, not very obviously. Clear. I think it's just magic. Christmas magic. Mm-hmm. So she's got so then most of this is Mariah Carey. And her like candy cane dancers. Actually, I really love this shot. We see them do this synchronized dance for a bit, and then let me find the timestamp here. Uh, it's got to be one oh one oh nine. So go to like one oh eight. You get to see the kid like freak out. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Lift hands to head. Freak yeah. out. Yeah. Um, what is Mariah Carey doing? <laughs> how is she dancing in those heels? That's that's the real question. The trick is no. Um so yeah, it's it's a lot of it is the sort of film a uh, dance routine in a bunch of different locations and switch between them style of music. Yeah. Video. So you got the you got shots of Mariah Carey laying around, you got her dancing with her her candy cane girls. Um worth noting because there are like six costume changes in this. She's currently wearing yes. like a Santa Claus onesie. Yeah, like skin like, tight like Santa Claus yeah. like bodysuit. Yeah. Possibly cat suit. Possibly. I don't know if bodysuits include legs. There's legs on this, is what I'm saying. There's legs. You um, think, because legs are part of your body. Yeah, you're part of the body, right? But I um, I googled bodysuit and and they don't have legs. Hmm. And there's some Santas dancing. They they are skating rather. They skate around, and there's this person in a bear costume who uh, approaches the young girl, and they start dancing. Yeah, and then they get into Nutcracker costumes. Yeah, Nutcracker. Hey, uh, worth noting around. I might I might be jumping. Thirty seven. You might be jumping, but uh, you get a, a shot of both the girl holding the camera and spinning, and the bear holding the camera and spinning. So she's you know? like Titanic <laughs> dancing with this bear. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Bears it's, are dangerous. It's a, it's a bit of fun. Yeah, so then boom, right after that, suddenly she's in a Nutcracker costume, and all of her, her candy cane girls are Nutcracker girls now. Now, this looks like it might be an actual bodysuit, but it's got a tailcoat, because she's wearing tights that are separate in this one. Yeah. 
And then there's a, a jack-in-the-box box with twins in it. Like... Or maybe just two people in it. Two people? Yeah. She also, and like, here, it shows her, like, as an angel. Yeah, cutaway shots of her as an angel. You're that or she has massive elephant ears. <laughs> so it could be anything. Are a bit high up. Could be anything. It's probably elephant ears. Like, furry elephant. Um, yeah. Like a mammoth? Yeah. That's exactly cr- that's like winter-themed, right? Albino mammoth, yes. Um, so these children pop out of the jack-in-box. She shows off her wings. Then we cut to them doing this synchronized kind of dance where they're all like a windmill, basically. They're four lines stretching out from Mariah oh, yes. Carey, and they move in synchronous. So after that, there's a part where they're all like crouched down, like basically sitting on their feet with like their knees out in front of them. And they're like mm. spinning around. It's funny because they're like just yeah, just, like also what's cr- crazy is there's a lot of children in boxes here. Yeah, they captured. I mean, they're capturing this child, right? That's what's happening here. They're like the oh, Fae folk, think and she they're gets trying away to... at the end, though. Yeah, does she though? Can she ever really get away? I, that's the question. I mean, you can't. <laughs> Christmas comes this time each year, and Mariah Carey rules that land. Yeah, this is Mariah Carey town. And then we go inside somewhere. Yeah. You're right. That that getting down on your knees dance and then coming back up in a line. It's solid gold. That's Yeah. That's some good stuff. Um from there we move to the that sort of classic like old-timey show staircase. Yeah, it's got that staircase with these, like, Art Deco-style, like, lights in the background. That's very, like, the fountainhead, I guess I would yeah, say. Yeah, sure, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Does that make sense, or am I just drawing connections because of Bioshock? Yeah, well, if you say Bioshock, it might make more sense for people. Very Bioshock, Art Deco. And we're talking Bioshock 1, correct? <laughs> yeah, Bioshock 1, and I guess 2... To a degree. Yeah, I guess two technically has the same aesthetic, just um, more shitty. Yeah. So Namorize Carrie is in this like evening dress. It's bright red and sparkly. Is that an evening dress? I don't know. It's very long behind her. Yeah. Deep um, deep V for cleavage. Deep it's, V. It's the Jessica one leg Rabbit sticking number. out. It's the Jessica Rabbit dress, but like with a longer trail. She's got like a trail yeah. on this thing. And now her candy cane girls have big lollipops. Some of them, actually, they have candy canes. They have yeah. lollipops later. Sometimes yeah, the you get stairs that bio- go away, too. <laughs> yeah, and so you can see more of that Bioshock um, rapture background. Yeah. So they're dancing, and they're like... Now, they've got, like, these kind of silver skirt things on, and, like... Like candy cane striped thigh highs. I'm just describing the costume changes because that's the important part of this video. That, I think it is key to this video because there are multiple. And then there's, yeah, a couple shots where they have lollipops instead of candy canes. So, like, they're holding out an angle and then they bring it up to cover their face. Yeah. But it's like one shot because it goes back to candy canes after. Yeah. So they have, they, they've totally broken continuity, and I've been pulled out of this video, and I cannot watch it anymore. Yeah, I cannot watch it further, but if you were to watch further, you would see that the, the <laughs> unboxed children are now dancing. Because uh, they're, they're happy because they're no longer stuck in a box. Yeah, they're they've thrilled. They've been freed. That's the narrative of this. 
Yeah, and we start cutting between all of these Mariah Carey realities. Her as the Nutcracker, her at the Art Deco stage. It's uh, her in Rapture. It's <laughs> yeah, going. She between... gives the kid a big lollipop. All six Santas wave her goodbye. Um, a little more dancing, a lot of spinning. She's there's the dog. Another dog. Three yeah. three twenty eight. Her new dog, because her other dogs are probably dead. So that's sad, but at least she has a dog. It's much yeah. smaller now. It's good to see Mariah Carey can afford a dog. Isn't it though? And then, so then she she gets out of the winter wonderland because a butterfly saves her. It's a butterfly transition. A butterfly shows up in the floor of the Art Deco land. <laughs> um, the synchronized dancers take the shape of it, and it transforms into a butterfly. Her parents find her finally, and then Mariah Carey winks at her as if to say, yeah, "Hey!" But does she wink? She okay, tries to wink, but she it's more of a blink, really. I'm yeah, not sure Mariah Carey can wink after this. Yeah, quite that frankly. was They both like, go down. Like she could have she could have done a wink. It feels like it should be a wink, and it is because one eye kind of squeezes. Yeah. But she really closes both eyes. Yeah, it's like it is meant to be a wink and reads as a wink, despite visually not being a wink. Yeah. So it works, but like I don't know. Something's wrong. But she's <laughs> also a person pretending a mannequin, so... Yes, does she have to do this every... This is my question. This is a display that Mariah Carey apparently... There are two options here. Either one, she lives in it, or two, <laughs> Mariah Carey is unable to inhabit the like any depiction of her and bring it to life. <laughs> yeah, she's like the agents from The Matrix, but only for Mariah Carey statues. Yeah, so that wax one that's in some museum, she can inhabit it sometimes, and then <laughs> this Christmas display, and, like, that's it. That explains her youthful appearance. That would explain it. So um, Yeah, we see Santa yeah. Claus fucking fly off at the end in the middle of a, a busy urban street, in and it's his Merry Christmas. New York? Yeah, that would be a good guess. No, it's just well, a city. It's just a downtown of a city. It could literally be a town. It's, it's, a, it's a major downtown area somewhere. Yes. Somewhere, somewhere that it snows. So, like, what does that leave? They probably filmed it in Vancouver, let's face it. That's, yeah, probably. It doesn't snow here. Yeah, but it's fake snow. <laughs> I guess. I've just told that a lot of things get filmed in Vancouver. Um, yeah, that's that music video. And with that, Alex, that's all four hey, official music videos. From Mariah. Uh, with Alex, give it to me. Best to worst. Best to worst. Um, best is the black and white one. No, best is the second version of the original with the unreleased footage uh, because of the candy cane. Second best is the the modern one because of the implications of of uh because it, it taught us something and it, what it taught us was that mariah carey maybe can't wink and then after that is the original and then the 60s style one okay that's a that's a pretty good setup definitely 60s at the bottom um i might throw the the modern one here at at the top just because it actually has the most <laughs> Yeah, it feels like the most legitimate one. I guess the original, I I was just 
pulling a funny with the with my number one because it's... I think the original has some value. I know, a, I know, but I said the original with the alternate footage being different oh, from the actual hornier? original because it's slightly hornier, so it's better. Um, it's no, it's not really different. It's actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's really the same thing um it does have some value because it has the like per- kind of personal footage feeling to it which fits yeah. with the christmas themes i think it the the, the you know they the, they speak to the nature of mariah carrie and how we perceived her probably i wouldn't know i was one years old in 1994 yeah but <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it comes from the small personal experience to now she's this this magical the Christmas icon who can make people dance and jump out of boxes and make Christmas into this big thing. Like, and give live pets as gifts. Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a true, true, uh, hero's journey in the course of these two music videos, particularly. So I'm going to go big money version, original home edit, the, the slightly hornier home edit, and then the sixties version. All right, my order's not changing. All right, I I respect that, and I appreciate that. With that, we're finally going to jump into some cover versions, the first of which is My Chemical Romance in 2004. MCR. In 04. In 04. I kind of forgot that MCR... I shouldn't call them MCR, because... Uh, <laughs> but My Chemical Romance is so many syllables. Um, I kind of forgot they were, like, a thing in 04, because um, I wasn't very old and, like, didn't know about them. But no, they were around. Yeah, they were very... Mid-2000s was kind of their heyday, yeah, I guess to my would. understanding. Maybe closer to the... I don't know. Probably square in the middle is where they were at their peak. Yeah, I mean... This is 04. This is them playing this song. And it's really yeah. a very, like, as much as we would call them, like, an emo band or whatever, this is really, this is a rock and roll version. Yeah. Like, the, like a little bit of punk influence. Yeah, which I guess you'd expect from emo. My understanding of emo is it's, like, it's punk, but but they get a little sadder. Right, sensitive punk. Yeah, so, right on. Gerard. Right, so... So we open up with like very soft piano. Yeah, very similar to the like second intro. Basically, they don't do the like tinkly toy piano sound. Yeah, and then we get to Gerard Way singing. It sounds a little harsh because it is contrasted, of course, by the soft piano. Yeah, and his kind of like rougher, kind of higher range, like higher mid range vocals. Yeah. So, you know, in, in his genre music, My Chemical Romance, like, the, the roughness is part of the appeal here. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it sounds a little off at first. He does the intro. Then we get a, a little piano transition. You get the, the cymbal hits. And then it, it's pretty straight pop punk from this point forward. Yeah, after the, like, they do the... Like the piano thing for the transition where it plays the like melody that do 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 Yeah, that's played by that starting instrument on the, the bells yeah. on the original. And then just like cymbals and yeah, a lot of like strumming. Mm-hmm. We're on guitars now. 
Yeah, so like I'm a, I'm guessing power chords, but I have no proof one way or the other. Yeah, I, I like would that. say so. It's that like rhythmic power chord chugging kind of, and there's really two guitars. It sounds like going on here because there's kind of a higher and a lower sound, and yeah. they're not following exactly the same thing. Uh, the lower one is really more the like rhythm where it kind of sticks with the chord, and then the higher one moves around. Yeah, more. Which I think I. That's a style of playing I would associate with this time period, definitely. Um, and the reason I would associate it is because of uh, Rock Band, the video game, which we've been talking about a lot lately, I think. <laughs> I feel like. Um, but like, you kind of get a feel of, of the patterns played. And, and this is the era where I would expect that from, for sure. Where like the melody is kind of more of a, a progression of power chords. Right, and I think that's kind of that post-punk, post-grunge, post-punk, post-grunge um, influence. I think, but uh, I'd have to double-check my history on that. I'll believe you for it. And there's no backup vocals. He sings "And I" on his own. Yeah, there are backup um, vocals later on, though. Yeah, they are. So it kind of makes sense because, um, like, that's part of the line. Like, "And yeah. I don't care about the presence." But I mean, if you take out and I, I mean, it still reads. You don't need it, yeah. More, yeah. Um, there is a part where they all kind of slow down for a bit and just do some big notes instead of fast notes uh, near the end of the Christmas Day line in the first verse here. Okay, sorry, I didn't write that down, but that's okay. It's uh. I, I didn't write down a timestamp. Go to like 102. I'm close. Oh, yeah, where you kind of get like the drums and then things cut out. Yeah. For the transition into the. It's very the brief and then it, it does a roll into the, the chorus. Yeah, and this is where we kind of speed up like the, the strumming. Um, gets played because before it was like kind of downstrum chugging but now we're getting the mm -hmm. upstrums in there as well so it doesn't really speed up but you're getting more of the upstrums so it feels yeah. there's more stuff being played kind of that rhythm yeah um and yeah sorry then we pull into uh the second verse where things are uh like uh it's different it's not the same uh driving progression Yes, they actually really do switch it up a fair amount, especially compared to the original between verses. So like in this yeah. part, this second verse sounds really bouncy because they still have the down strums, but there's less of them and they're just kind of like hitting them hard, like tap, 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 tap. Um, and actually the lead guitar is also like doing little like lick melody thing. It's been like... Ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. Sort of, um, sort of that blues guitar roll where it noodles while the rhythm guitar holds it down. Yeah, not a very bluesy sound, but definitely that Certainly kind not, of style. But, um, yeah. And everything everything kind of slows down in that same way. Like, we're not, like, yeah. going halftime or anything, but the drums are playing less, and the the guitar is playing less. And then... Yeah, and, and vocally, he goes down. He was kind of, like, belting in the last one. This one's a, a little... It's like an octave down or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, almost. like, half-spoken, too. Like, yeah. I don't care about the presence underneath that christmas tree like it almost has that feeling of like i don't want to set the world on fire style like spoken i don't want to set the world on fire baby like it's not yeah. it didn't slow down enough to actually let it become that 
but it like has that feeling of like just having one verse that's spoken word and i think that yeah actually kind of like because so many christmas songs have that like classic feeling to it and like timeless adding those sorts of kind of almost old-timey elements does give it a an interesting sound. It it doesn't feel as Christmassy as the other ones because it's no. more like straight rock. But it's true. And in then, essence, it still does that kind of stuff. Yeah, and this this one also brings in these these sort of talking backup vocals too, which like overlap with the main vocals. Yeah, it has this very almost drunken feel to it. <laughs> yeah, because they kind of like weave in and out from each other. Yeah. And then sometimes they'll join up, like, on the mistletoe line. Yeah. And then it picks up again near the end of the verse. We go up to that high energy for the chorus. Yes, another chorus. This is very similar. Uh, possibly the same as the first one. I didn't notice any differences. Yeah, no, it's pretty much the same. And they go interesting on the bridge, though. They get pretty. Like, that um, melody that the, the guitar was playing before comes back. But the way the like it's playing over the chords gets more of like this, like sinister almost. Yeah, we get some dark energy. Yeah, here. it's much darker in the bridge, which is. Wow, it sounds cool. I think. Yeah. It's it's certainly more uh, distinct as a bridge change than the original. Yeah, I mean that's kind of true for a lot of this. Is they have a lot more distinct sections. Um, but yeah, yeah, it feels more dynamic. Interesting feel on the bridge. Uh, more like discordant and things like that. Things like that. Yes. Just that. Just that. Just that. <laughs> and that. Um, um, we get some... Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, Sorry. Around okay. 240, I think we move into uh, whispered vocals and like a muted strumming section. It actually starts around 230. Yeah, there's it's the the third verse is like they do a breakdown verse. Yeah. Um which is kind of cool. But also like kind of spooky. Like it's got that like it's got the outside your door line like waiting outside your door. And right. they like whisper it like waiting outside your door. <laughs> so it it sounds like yeah, spooky. Yeah. Also the yeah, the do you say door. the guitar is muted? They're like still strumming. They're strumming yeah. fast again, but it's muted now. Yeah, so like it really does a very good job of bringing it into their genre. Outside still, still making it like mostly upbeat, but also maybe poking a little fun at the song with things like those whispered standing outside my door. Yeah, it's almost got that like irony that I would expect from a song from a, a like a rock band playing this song in 2004. I don't know if it necessarily does or 2005. Yeah. I don't know if it necessarily does, but that's what I would expect them to have. Yeah, um, it doesn't necessarily feel 100% earnest, but they seem to be having a good time. Yeah. Um, which is kind of the point of the song. Um, yeah, there, one more thing they do um, for their like last chorus. Yeah. They're like really going all out. This is after the spooky line. Everything is going huge sound big sound guitar is like slowed down and the sustain is up and it i don't know if it's like the way they do the the timing like maybe it's behind the time but it kind of feels like thick and slow and i described it as syrupy which is christmasy kind of 
Right. Uh, but maybe not relevant to actual Christmas. Um, and the drums, too. They kind of have that slowed down thing. So I think it's interesting the way they do play a lot of the sections. Yeah. Sonically, they still fill the same amount of space they were filling before. But yeah, they, they're playing it slower. Yeah. So it also does a fade out. Also does a fade out. Um, but yeah, I thought it was. I actually really liked this version. Yeah, I thought it was pretty dang. Um, and it's not like I mean, sometimes the last one will be different or something, and we'll just be very happy to listen to something different. Uh, but this is just the second one on our list. Yeah, uh, it's a great starting point. Yeah. Um, so not yeah, a great follow up is the next one. <laughs> yeah, Agreed. not a whole lot to say about. This one, honestly, but uh, this is the Cheetah Girls. Here is 2005. 2005. Um, so if you're not familiar with the Cheetah Girls, the Cheetah Girls were a like Disney um, girl group. They had based a movie. Based on a series of books. Based on yeah, a series of books apparently, which yeah. So they're like yeah, they're a pop group made up of four members. Um, this only has three in the credits. Yeah. On this is Raven their Simone first album. Was yeah, not on the first album. Um, although according to um an interview I read, this is not their debut. It's their first yeah. album. Um, I think they just didn't want to like commit to saying. Also, it's a Christmas album, and they weren't yeah. on Um But yeah, that's the backup. That's the story. That's what you need to know about the Cheetah Girls. But what's going on in this version? Well, what you need to know about this version is it's like a... It's, it's a much more chill version than either of the two, because the first two were like very high energy. Once you hit like the first verse, or yeah, because there's the intro in the first verse, it was like, go, go, go. You know? Yeah. We are having a Christmas party. This is like laid back, chill R and B. Yeah, it really had like the backbone of this song is that R and B, uh, probably electronic drums that kick in and kind of absolutely. Stay. This is like this is production. This mm-hmm. is not a, obviously not a rock and roll band, but like this is yeah synthesizers and drum machines. Yeah, so it starts off with a real sparkly effect. Um, and then this, what I've called a very special episode sounding synth. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very cheesy electric piano. Yeah. I believe is what you're referring to. That, yeah, that's 100% <laughs> it. Um, I can't tell you who's singing any part. It starts with one person on the introduction. And then they all harmonize on the make my wish come true line. All I want for Christmas is you. Yeah, I don't know who is who. They all sound kind of similar as well. I think that's just a byproduct of the very heavily produced Disney output. Um, Yeah. We discussed um, at least one other Disney song a while back. Yeah, on every little thing she does is magic. Oh, that was what it was. And like, that one was actually bad, like low quality. Yeah. In terms of just straight up the sounds being made were bad. In my opinion. Like right, they yeah, weren't they was... weren't like going for lo-fi or anything. It was just like poorly mixed mm. sounds. This is not that. This sounds fine. Sonically, it's like fine. I think. 
Yeah, I don't think it's, just... it's great, honestly. Just going to give no. my opinion up front. But, like, it's serviceable. Yeah, it's, um, so like we said, it, like, so once it ends the intro, we get that R&B drum and, like, a, a very relaxed rhythm guitar that kind of plays a bit <laughs> here and there. Yes, they do have that, like, one guitar. Yeah, it's very laid back. Um, the singing is, the vocals are nothing interesting. You don't get any, like, hard rock and roll spirit like you do with the My Chemical Romance, and you don't get the sort of vocalist expertise that you get with Mariah Carey and her backup singers. Yeah, it's it's a lot more straightforward. Um, mm-hmm. And there's some strings for, like, transitions mostly. Bum, 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 yeah. Bum, bum. Oh, yeah, they have, like, a little string riff that they use for yeah. transitions. I would say the big difference in this one is they add, I guess you'd call it a hook. I baby, think that's baby. what they're going for. Baby, 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 I love you, baby, baby, I love you so Baby. Yeah, baby, 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 baby. You know I love my you so, baby. Baby, baby, my baby. I, I'm struggling I, to remember the rhythm. <laughs> it's a baby, baby. You know I love you so, baby. Um, go to so 132 baby. is I think the first instance of it. Yeah. You see it. So they kind of repeat that a couple times. Um, yeah. After the chorus. You know I love you so, baby. Baby, yeah, baby. Yeah, and that's their big baby, like ending you know one, isn't so it? Baby. They kind of end on that that hook they develop. Oh yeah, they do. They do the hook for a while. Right yeah. At the end of the song. Um, uh-huh. but other than that, like, it's a lot of that sort of like denser production that I find difficult to analyze in this way, because there's just like so much sound everywhere. Like there's chimes, there's this or that synthesizer, and then the drums do whatever, which actually the drums aren't that complex here. They're slower. Well, yeah, too. I, just, I'm, but this thing I think is, and I always get like this when we talk about anything I deem too corporate, but this is real like paint by numbers bullshit. There's yeah, like, like, this was put together like the by Cheetah Disney. And... If we fucking swing this together, they're going to fucking buy it. And, it's and I think Christmas this was even before the movie. There were like yeah. three odd movies for this. So. Yeah, well, and there was 19 uh, novels. Or books. I don't know if they're novels necessarily. <laughs> Novellas. Novellas. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so like there was probably enough Cheetah Girls fan base that you could push something like this through and if it's got like Disney production quality, like yeah. you said, like the recording itself is technically high quality even if the sounds yeah. and shit it's they like use fine. are bad choices. Yeah. But like primarily they move it into that like pop R and B space because there's this hook and it's really like they kind of stick with a beat throughout the song. Yeah. Um, and there's a fair amount of, you know, you can kind of hear the effects and, and editing they do to the vocals, which possibly makes the three of them sound a little more similar to each other. Yeah, maybe makes them a little interchangeable. Which, yeah, was another thing. I couldn't really distinguish between the singers. If there even yeah. were more, th- was more than a single one, which I think there was. So yeah, we lose out on like the energy of the past two versions and like any sort of like stage presence. Yeah. Also, it was like their first album, so maybe they got better. I don't know. Yeah, sure, maybe. But, I uh, don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna go too yeah. hard or easy on them. They probably got fucking true many dollars from this. True. They're in the Disney machine, so they're doing okay. They're doing okay. Speaking of people who who are rolling in money this time of year, rolling in uh, the dough. Michael Bublé in 2011. Don't want a lot for Christmas. There's just one thing I need. I don't care about those presents underneath the Christmas tree. So I just want Michael Bublé is Canadian. He's from Burnaby. What's up? 
British Columbia. Uh, my mom really likes Michael Bublé. I think everybody's mom is genetically <laughs> yeah. programmed to like Michael Bublé. Um, as a side note, one thing I've always found surprising about Michael Bublé is how much, like, um, effects and vocal production goes into his like vocal sound. I um, to... I don't even think that's a side note. I'm fully shocked by that. <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's let's go into that a little bit. Like I'm actually very surprised how much there is not necessarily that it exists, but that it, I've never heard it come up. Yeah, um, because I've always because, thought of him yeah, as like this solo artist, right? right who he's, sings. He's a straight singer, so or he's like a singer. Like that's his mm-hmm. thing. It's it's odd. Just I wouldn't expect this sort of heavily edited sound. Yeah. Not that it's like a- wrong or anything it's just not expected yeah it's well one it it's very like time stamped in that way and that like early 2010s is when this level of auto-tune was like in style i suppose yeah but that that the fact that like somebody of michael buble's like presentation would use it yeah because he's very much presented as like this old school crooner type right yeah which those guys were I mean, didn't have the technology access. <laughs> Obviously, there was some stuff they could do, but not in the same way as we can now. Um, and also that, like, I guess it wouldn't bug my my mom necessarily, but she's never said that. Um, she never mentioned it either. Um, there's a story I remember hearing, and it was a Michael Bublé concert, possibly in Calgary. I don't remember. Um, but, like, it's a story of oh, like, this kid wanted to sing with him or something, so he, like, hands his kid, this kid the microphone, and then, oh, the kid sounds amazing. I was like, yeah, because he's got the whole same effects rack that Michael <laughs> Bublé's singing through. Like, the kid's a decent singer, and you'd sing it through that, and of course it's going to sound... And they're like, wow, it sounds like Michael Bublé. I'm like, yeah, of course it sounds like Michael Bublé. It's got yeah, the same the effects, effects rack. Like, that's, that's Michael that's Bublé. That's what his sound is. So, I don't know. It's just more transparent than I would expect from this, because I know that like the number of singers that you would use heavy editing is probably pretty close to a hundred percent, but it's it's much more noticeable in this, and I don't really understand uh, why they, how they would have get to that point, why they would do that. Yeah, it's it's, it's not. I don't think it's very common. Like it's almost no. similar to what I would expect from like, um. Like Post Malone. Post Malone is fairly heavy vocal effects as well. Yeah. It's like that level, but it's a very different sound. Yeah, for like a completely different genre. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's just, it's an oddity. I've always thought that's a little bit odd. That's all. Very, it's strange, yeah. So this song was released on November 16th, 2011. Um, It entered the Billboard Hot 100, becoming the first time a cover version of this song has appeared on the charts there. Yeah, this is another one that, I've heard on the radio, like you'd hear at the mall. I've yeah, also I mean, heard Michael it a ton Bublé's just a around Christmas home. Giant. Yeah, <laughs> because my mom plays this a lot at Christmas. Yeah, um, I don't live at home anymore though, so I don't hear it as much. Well, you know, wherever you live is home. They say. Uh, yeah, I should say I don't live with my parents anymore. That's <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> um. Um. Yeah. So this one is. Aside from his vocals, which are uh, we've already talked about, at sounds length, like Michael Bublé. I don't know how else yeah, to describe it. I don't know how to describe it. It's pretty 
boring. Yeah, he changes it up. Like, it's supposed to be like a slow version again, right? Yeah. Like, starts with this sort of like looping piano. It almost sounds like it's looping. Like, it's just like... Yeah. Kind of like repeated chord as he sings that intro. Yeah. And, uh... And then I think there was also either a bass or just the lower end of a piano being played here. I think there is a bass. Yeah. Yeah. Of some sort. Because it sounds like it's ringing and it's like a plucked string. Yeah. Okay. I will agree to that then. Yeah. It's very minimal, but it is playing. Kind of slowly builds. So this is a slow build and they stay pretty like down low. So they add the slow drums. And then... Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I don't want to necessarily describe it directly, but it, it's, it's really... It's like a gentle kick. Yeah. Pedal. Like... Yeah. And it sort of, like, slowly builds there. Now, once... No, this is much later. Jeez, I jumped from... My notes jump a bit around on here. Okay. Well, yeah, so we it does build. Like, it's more... Comes in strings the, come in to, like, jingle bells. Sorry, I'm talking over yeah. you. I apologize. Sorry. That's okay. So we get string swells that come in after the drums. We get jingle bells eventually. Yes. And the, like, I think the big part of this is when the string, like the strings swell and like then we get strings. Yeah. And then it's very much string based in terms of the instrumentation. Yeah. Oh, there's a horn that takes us into uh, the bridge. This is a shorter version. This is the shortest yes, it one is. we're talking about. Under three minutes. He sort of like he sings the f- intro and then sort of uses that to skip part of the first verse. Yeah. Or, like, skip the first verse. So, yeah. Which hap- comes up again later, I think. I don't remember now. Yeah. Second um, You really want to hear some auto-tune action. Go to, like, 148. Yes. I have exactly the same uh, timestamp uh, written down. Yeah. Um, yeah. One other thing about the bridge. You were talking about the horn. And I'm trying to figure out, like, what it is. I mean... I wouldn't be surprised if it was just synthetic. But yeah, what is it? What Could horn, be. If, in that case, it kind of sounds like a be? saxophone, like a very smooth sax. I just feel like so much of this just has the like edges totally sanded off. Yeah, like, 100%. Um, if that's what's even making that sound. Because it does kind of sound like it must be. It's like reedy enough to be a saxophone. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yes, you get that. You get the heavy auto-tune moment. Yes. Then around 208, I think he starts kind of belting. Yeah, Yeah, in the third verse. That's kind of like the big build, I think, of his, Mm -hmm. like, still more low-down thing. Hmm. Um, And then it kind of goes back to the intro, and, like, that's it. Yeah, and this one has an actual definite end. Yes, he kind of cycles back. They do the piano thing for a bit, and then it's just, like, resolving chords. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, like, more chill than even the last version. Really, like, focusing on the, like, bittersweet nostalgia Christmas thing more so than... Yeah. Much more so than the original, definitely. For sure. And I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. I'm not a huge Michael Buble fan, honestly. He doesn't <laughs> yeah, set my I- world on fire. Certainly not. I don't think um, this cover has changed my mind on that fact. No. 
With that, we're going to talk about CeeLo Green in 2012. CeeLo Green has a version of this song. We haven't That's talked right. about CeeLo Green for a long time. That's right. The producer of the Pussycat Dolls, don't you? Of course. <laughs> don't you? Have we talked about CeeLo Green since crazy? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyway, CeeLo Green. Um, CeeLo Green, everyone. One half of Gnarls Barkley, member of Goody Mob. And I cannot stress this enough, the producer of the Pussycat Dolls, don't you? Yes, that's a very important uh, credit. Very important um, thank you for stressing it. Um, this one, very close, uh, structurally, cover oh, yeah. of the original. Um, My Chemical Romance was fairly close structurally as well, but this one is a much similar sound, too, in terms yeah, of how the really production is. works. Um, doesn't have the, like, very guitar strum in the intro, which is, like, the one yes. big difference. It kind of uses a couple more, like, guitars on that. Um, and then it sort of has that like reverse, like a reverse kind of cymbal sound leading into the actual song. Yeah. Um, and then it totally, there's a second intro. Kind of. Yeah. Because it does that. And then it does the kind of like, what would be that piano playing fast part? Right. Um, but it's much slower but there's a little string riff now but that's right do, do, do. and i gotta say the bass sound here the bass got this like really boxy sound to it here yeah and i dig it and also there's like low strings that are like really digging into that crunchy sound oh yeah they might be horns no they sound like strings uh, strings. Yeah. So that's a cool sound. That's like, yeah, once we get into that um, verse, it's like a little bit more crunchiness. This is still a fairly, like, this isn't like a really like rough and tumble version or anything, but it's got no. a little more of that like crunchiness to it. That's always nice to hear. Yeah. Particularly in that percussion there. Yeah. And of course you get that big uh, string riff that he uses quite a few times throughout, which I thought had a, a nice energy to it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it feels right at home, you know? Mm-hmm. It still feels Christmassy. And CeeLo Green's got some good pipes on him. He can sing. It's true. It's true. Um, and, like, does a pretty good job of, like, making, like, let's go Christmassy. Let's bring the bells in. Let's jingle those bells. Let's hand those bells. Um, and, like, what else happens? Here's a weird thing about this version. There's occasionally like a, a very high pitched ringing sound that seems like possibly just an artifact of the um like if you go to one one thirty seven, there's like a high ringing that sounds like maybe it was left in accidentally. Let me see. It comes up a couple times. Hang on. Okay, I'm at one thirty four, thirty five. It's kind of around that, so it's 36, 14. There's like a, I'm not hearing that. I'm hearing what sounds like some real rough work on a stringed instrument in sort of the top right of my speaker. 
It's like a it's like a sh- like a, a cello or a violin or something, <laughs> but just kind of like <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I I swear it's just like maybe it's just my headphones. Maybe. Um, just like kind of high pitched thing. Um, he also he gets the repeats on the baby. Yes. Yeah, those are good. I like those. Yeah. So it's some of that stuff and like big string production. Um, until the after the bridge when they he also breaks down for that third verse. Um, cut just, mostly just cuts the strings out. Yeah. Like everything stays. <laughs> and what is probably a muted guitar. Yeah, that's what that sounds like. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty straight cover but um i appreciated the production changes a lot more than like the cheetah girls version yeah uh and yeah it's pretty energetic it doesn't do a ton but uh i yeah, i like, don't think really it's... i mean if you're staying in the vein of christmas like what what does there to even do yeah it's not yeah it's not a bold move from uh from the original it's just like a perfectly fine cover yeah with some cool slightly crunchier sounds yeah some crunchier sounds a little string riff everything's very much like it's it's just it's still just good like it's not mind-blowing still very christmasy still relies a lot on that piano rhythm to kind of hold everything together yes but it's kind of slowed it down yeah um so uh, to to paint a picture here if the if the Cheetah Girls version, no, if the Michael Bublé version is like, like when you, when you're eating like a hard candy and you're sucking on it and it gets totally smoothed out, that's the Michael Bublé version. This one is when you're eating a candy cane and it eventually sharpens to a point. So like, even <laughs> though you're doing the same thing, it's it's sharper. <laughs> right. This one gets a little edge and could hurt you. Yeah. So I like it better. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh it's it's a good good Christmas fun. Way to go, CeeLo Green. Perfectly passable version perfectly of this. Passable CeeLo Green. Um let's talk about an artist we talked about last Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I have that note written down. I was gonna save that joke for this, but I'm glad I told it earlier. There you go. Um <laughs> that is Aloe Black in twenty eighteen. Egbert Nathaniel Dawkins the third. That name. is a ten dollar name if I've ever heard. Isn't one. it though? Yeah, stage name Ella Black. Yeah, uh, singer, songwriter, rapper, record producer, and philanthropist, according to his Wikipedia page. Yeah, this is off the album Christmas Funk, which we talked about last year on last Christmas. Yes, we did. Now this one, I think that one was a winner. I feel like we gave it at least one recognition. We must have. I mean, this album does a pretty good job of switching up classic Christmas songs and making them very funky. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why they called the album that. Um, this one is very based around these like really crunchy clav sound. There's like yeah, I think there's two of them. I don't know. Well, it starts with like it has the toy piano sound. Yeah. But then you get this like really funky bass and clav 
playing like doing the funk thing man yeah it's just that noise that's almost pukey like yeah like like in the wrong context you'd be like that's disgusting why would i ever want to hear that and then it's on a funk track and you're like oh damn yeah you're like oh it's it's hard to like it's almost impressive that someone figured out to use that for anything because just hearing that sound i'd be like keep it away from me i never want to hear that again and then in context it's like ooh, nice very nice um anyway so it's got that um and it kind of creates this like really like plodding slow because it's so slowed down rhythm but the rhythm's very like now somebody compared on the original um here we go i just pulled the quote after karazak this is a quote i don't have the source on it Mm. uh but it says it's an underlying rhythmic beat that sounds like the loping pace of a horse or reindeer which I thought kind of applied to this one with that that slowed down rhythm. It feels more more like that in this one, definitely. I mean, reindeer yeah. are pretty quick. I never got the reindeer thing from the original, no, quite frankly. <laughs> That's yeah, a bit I of a stretch for me. On this, I think there is uh, there's some emphasis on sort of those yeah. two beats that create that feeling. Um, we get some hand claps on this too. Yes, so this one also has like a hook. That's like kind of the big. Well, it's not really the big change because so much of it changes, but another big change. And it's this like, all I want for Christmas is you. Yeah, I said it now. Yeah, so it kind of. Yeah. That, that's like the hook part from this one. And then it does yeah, and do it replaces the, rest the of intro. It. Um, yes, replaces the intro. And like, it's, it feels more like an integral part of the song than the cheetah girls version i would say but maybe yeah. just because i'm not a huge fan of that era and that style of music but anyway Could be. i like this one better i would agree with that uh so how does this one work what goes on in this one some uh, of it, it sort of feels more built down. around the drums like when you get into the bridge yeah it's really the drums and he's singing with the drums like over the beat yeah and like some some loose synth comes in in the back. Yeah, it's pretty subtle though. Yeah. Until they bring that clav back in for the second half. Yeah, they kind of bring it in in the second half of the first verse there. Yeah, and like they pull out some of the other tricks, like they bring some bells in. Those stay pretty subtle too. That's not till the chorus. Yeah. Um. Although we get into another hook part, and this gets like. Really, I mean, it's the bouncy clap, but it feels really extra bouncy here. Yeah. And when I say bouncy, I mean like a rubber band. Yeah, it's definitely got a sense of motion to it. Mm-hmm. So you get that hook, um, then more things happen. Yeah, more things happen. I mean, there's a few subtle variations throughout, like... They do switch stuff up, like when the clav comes in, or this or that, um, or like maybe they have the music box because they do play that rhythm really on the mm-hmm. on the music box or the the toy piano sound. Sometimes it comes in, sometimes it doesn't. Like before the bridge, it doesn't come in, um, and then, or at least not at first, and then. Uh, 
when they do come into the bridge, it's like mostly clav for that and like some bell mm-hmm. sounds. And some synth pads, I think. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah. it's again made sparser, but there's still a lot of the key elements there mm-hmm. that seem to lay throughout this song. Which we've seen a couple times where, like, they'll take the original, which is pretty even throughout, and be like, well, we need to, we need to have a breakdown verse. So yeah. So they add a breakdown verse. Okay. It works. Yeah. It works fine. That's pretty, pretty common structure. Um, And it kind of, like, just rides, rides out on that, um, that hook for a while. Yeah, and then it ends on the like abruptly on the line. I said it now. Yeah, as everything sort of slowly fades out of the song, cut the clav, and then it's just drums at the end. Yeah, and then possibly just vocals. I think it keeps the drums actually. No, yeah, drums are right there till the end. I mean, I think the the next beat just doesn't happen after I said it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's like that's that version. Yeah, another another fun version from Aloe Black. Yeah, way to go. And that brings us to our final cover of today, August Burns Red. August Burns Red. They're a metalcore band. Yes. This is an instrumental version. Yes. And it's guitar-driven. Yes. Just, just listing facts about this. And the album cover is, uh, of course, a parody of Mariah Carey's original album cover for Merry Christmas. Right. It's this, like, bald guy with a beard in the yeah. same pose. Doing the same pose outfit. there. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we open up with gentle guitar and those sort of toy piano chime vibes. <laughs> yes and like a gentle strumming yeah so it's a it's a false start within the, the false start of the original song because then the drums roll in and tell us that this is going to be some metal it's shit. like this is some metal shit and then yeah just like dan and 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 like chords metal chords yeah and then we hit the the piano intro from the original again then we drum roll again into some chugging metal rhythm a lot of kick pedaling on those drums um and the lead guitar doing the vocal melody yeah and that's like pretty much the setup of this um of the big changes i would say is like the drums the drums are what's kind of carrying the the variation between yeah sections um so like they get into the verse and obviously we've got the drums going later on they throw in like double kick pedals or and this and that the drums yeah. are very energetic they're carrying a lot of it. I mean, yeah, these everything here is pretty energetic. That's like the true. The guitar will do a lot of uh, changes in tone, and they'll sort of like just casually wander off from the beaten path of the song, riff some metal shit for a bit, and then come back. Which yeah, which I mean, is pretty classic metal stuff. Like we definitely have seen that in instrumentals and in rock yeah, and roll but songs. A, like a good amount to bring in variation into what is otherwise i mean this is an instrumental version of what's mostly a rhythm track plus vocals <laughs> true true and they'll be like let's do triplets here yeah. and they do um and yes i agree without the vocals it's very very similar throughout so to avoid repeating yourself you kind of got to switch it up 
Yeah. So I thought they did a good job of putting some energy into it and uh, keeping it dynamic, having enough different things changing. Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple guitar solos, too. Yeah. That sound like suitably metal Christmas, I would say. Yeah, good, like, like high-energy metal. At the bridge is kind of cool, too, because it starts with, like, these, like, it slows down on the drums. Um, and it's just, like, really intense. And then kind of picks up as you go. Right. So, it, like, starts with getting the, like, heavy, like, double kick pedals. Yeah, so that starts at and about just, 2.34, yeah, speeds up. Yeah, I think. Yeah, right around there. Yeah, you get some big guitar sustains, too, there. So, again, that's slowing down, but keeping the space filled. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's kind of what they do. Like, the, it ends with a guitar solo. Lots of double kicks. Um, it's cool stuff. One thing I thought was cool about the guitar solos, uh, they kind of do the, like, there's, like, a descending riff that you often hear on bells in Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. They, like, play that on the guitar to kind of add that Christmassy sound. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. And the amount of notes they hit on that, you're talking about right near the end there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's, it's enough to say all I want for Christmas is you. That's... Oh, look at that. Is you. So, yeah I, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. And it's organic fade out, so they just let their instruments ring out at the end. Which is a little, uh, which is definitely uh, preferable to a coward's fade out. But, uh... mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I thought it was a pretty solid uh, instrumental cover in Hell terms yeah. of keeping it interesting, which is occasionally an issue. Yeah, I agree. Um, with that, we're going to get into our final verdicts. Three categories today, the worst version, the best wor- version, Whoosh. and the one you could make people listen to without them noticing it's a Christmas song. <laughs> All right. Okay. Tell me, Alex. What's the worst one? The worst one? I mean, jeez. I'm I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to Michael Bublé. Ooh, Michael Bublé. Um, only because I don't know. It's such a strange situation as discussed. I've probably heard it more than any other version, and I think I've heard it enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, Michael Bublé is pretty bad. I'm gonna give it to the Cheetah Girls, because it is also very bad. That's a fair assessment. I was kind of going between those two. Yeah, it's it's. I think that really is the competition here. So I will I will spread the the opposite of love, the hate. Yeah, just spread just the hate. not good. But is out, hate the opposite um, of love? Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. I guess it's chestnuts. The opposite, the opposite of love is evil. What? You spell love backwards. It's evil. Evil. Uh, yeah, not a good version. Uh, bad sound choices. The singing's nothing incredible. There's no real energy to it. It's bad. It's a bad version. Alex, yep. what's the best version of this? Mm, I uh, Today, I'm going to give it to My Chemical Romance. Hell yeah. I really enjoyed that version. Hell good, yeah. Good solid rock and roll version. Yeah, I think it's a yeah, it's got a good energy to it. It's got I think the backup vocals are fun. I think yeah, I think it's like a fun, good rock version. Way to go, my chemical romance. Yeah. 
Um, Alex, you're gonna sneak this into somebody's playlist without them knowing it's Christmas. Wait, game. what was your best? That I agree. My oh, you agreed with it. Okay. No, um, although you know, it's kind of going between that and Aloe Black because that's a good time too. Aloe Black also very good. Um, sneak it in. So my sister sent me a cover by mm-hmm. Laurence Nirbon. Uh-huh. Which I think that one would probably be the easiest to sneak into someone's playlist. But uh, she told me I had to talk. No, it's not another language. It's just fairly, fairly different. Because I was talking to her yesterday, and she's like, you uh, should hear this one and talk about it. So I I have to. So that's what I'm doing. Right here. She told me about it, because I took one off. That's that version. It was like last night. Okay. And I just went to bed and listened to it this morning. Um, Sorry I didn't mention it. But yeah, this I, I only just learned about it. Well, hey, I'll allow it. That's your. your it is French, though. It is a French person. I could tell by the way you pronounce the name. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to make it sound somewhat French. Um, so I think that's the one that wins that. But of these ones, mm-hmm. it's definitely not the original, and it's not the CeeLo Green version. It's not the Michael Bublé version, and it might be the Cheetah Girls. <laughs> Cheetah Girls version is just like generic enough. It could be anything. It could be anything. That's fair. But that's probably not true. Honestly, it's probably either My Chemical Romance or August Burns Red because they're more like rock oriented. Right. But there's still a Christmas sound. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough to sneak in. in. I mean, I they say Christmas so much. Mm-hmm. But it's probably it's probably My Chemical Romance. I mean, August Burns Red has the advantage of no no vocals. No that's true. Lyrics. They don't say Christmas at all. And, mm. But I, I think you might also be able to, just by the distracting nature of the funk in Aloe Black, you might be able to sneak, sneak that in. Sneak it in? Oh, you're right. Yeah. So everybody's mm. just going to hear that. I think you've got the upset here. You're like, because I tried, like, this album, when I was with my family last year on Christmas, I was like, we got to listen to this Christmas funk album. And they're like, this isn't Christmas music. And it's like, mm, sort of is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Uh yeah, trying to get your family to listen to Christmas albums that you like. I know that experience. I got them to listen to the Jethro Tull Christmas album. Hey, that's better than I got. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm going to give it to August Burns Red. Alex is giving it to My Chemical Romance. Yeah, but I'm probably wrong. If, Tell yeah, me why. Fine. Tell them why in the comments below. Just kidding, we don't have those. But that's our final verdicts. If you got a similar opinion, different opinion, want to talk to us about one of the many cover versions of this we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise guy. Tell us everything. You can email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Tell us things there, too. Ask us questions, comments. You know, tell us that you want us to stop doing this. We won't listen to you, and maybe we will. You don't know until you write that letter. Oh, tell us what you want for Christmas or whatever. Yeah, tell us what you want for know. Christmas. It's going to be Hashtag. too late, probably. But, you know. Now, when does this, when does this come out? Christmas. It'll be 20 the 22nd. Seconds? All right. Perfect. Trust me, Alex. I'm on the, I'm on the scheduling key. I'm, I'm Mr. Schedules. Yeah. We're like Santa. We can't bring you people anymore, though. Yeah. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your neighbors. With that, we're going to jump into our bonus segment. Alex, a lot of people like to watch movies in the holiday season. Do you have any holiday movie staples? I feel like we've talked about this before. Probably. Mm. Um, well, then fuck that. Uh, do you have any holiday meal staples? Meal staples? Yeah. Ugh. 
like treats, like goodies. Yeah, treats, goodies. I, I mean, my mom does, always does a ton of Christmas baking, like uh, you know, classics. For me, anyway, the classics: gingerbread, shortbread. Well, we, ginger snaps, really, which I think are a little different because gingerbread's kind of harder. Like you make the right. houses out of it, and you make the stuff, the men out of it. Um, but yeah, I've always been a fan of uh, fan of those. Um, we traditionally do a Christmas party with a couple other families, and uh, someone always brings. It's a like score dip, like score. You know the toffee stuff or the caramel I do stuff. Know the toffee stuff. Um, and it's that, and I think just a lot of cream cheese, and like it, you dip um, Granny Smith apple slices into it, so you get that kind mm-hmm. of like sweet and tart. Very good, very popular at those parties. Um, my mom has made a couple times a a gingerbread loaf, and you put this like rum lemon sauce on it, and I keep telling her I want her to make it again, and she doesn't because <laughs> she forgets or something. I don't know. Um, get the rest she's like because she, i i know i gotta make it myself right um because well the thing is at christmas she's always like what kind of treats do you want because like we always go over there for so like what kind of christmas baking do you want me to do and i always say remember that loaf you made and she's like yes and then doesn't make it that's it's fine <laughs> but i just want it again that's all you just want it again um i'll have how, to i'll have to take matters into my own hands yeah get it alex um yeah that's uh that, those are all yeah in terms of like food like i don't really care that much about turkey or ham quite frankly so no like they're fine yeah stuffing i like yeah, stuffing i feel like they're but, good yeah. like you're there for the supporting cast at a, at a christmas meal i think yeah that's that's my feeling too turkey is just a means to get gravy you know getting that gravy on those potatoes hell yeah what about um, you man yeah what about me uh used to be when i was like really young it was always those pot of gold chocolates Oh like yeah, a, a sort of chocolate. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck yeah, too. it's Christmas time." You know those like shell chocolates? I think they're cheap because I swear I got them. I used to get them for people for Secret Santa all the time, just as a cop out. Oh, yeah, they're like filled. I don't know if they're filled with peanut butter. They're filled with some kind of cream. They're or filled something. with some kind of cream. Yeah, yeah. They're just like cheap. You get them at like Shoppers Drug Mart. Yeah, because they're like a mix of chocolate, like and they're like five dollars <laughs> for like a box of them. Um, yeah. I always that, remember those at Christmas class. time. Hell yeah. <laughs> but they're probably not as good as Pot of Gold. My mom was always more of a Bernard Calabot person. Oh, yeah. Calgary local chocolate producer, Bernard Calabot. Bernard Calabot, shout out. Uh, use the coupon code COVERME <laughs> at checkout to get a weird look if you do it in person. Um, <laughs> On the house. <laughs> uh, what? I had another one. Oh, Yorkshire puddings. You know, the little. Uh, the we little... never had those. Oh, we I mean, I vaguely know what a Yorkshire pudding is. It's just like bread that is used as a carrier for gravy to your mouth. Yeah. You mentioned how much you fluffy. like gravy. Yeah. Um, I think I might have had one a long time ago, but I mean, I've heard if the you... name, obviously, because yeah, yeah. they're associated with England, I guess. England, I guess with Yorkshire, if I had to guess yeah. where. Yeah, somewhere in England. Um, I don't really have that specific European heritage, so. We always well, get chocolate letters. Chocolate letters? Yeah, it's a Dutch thing, I guess. Um, like, if you go to the Dutch store, which we have one of uh-huh. those in Calgary, they just have, like, a bunch of chocolate letters. All, at least 26 of them. Possibly oh, a few nice. other characters, I'm not sure. I think I actually used to live by a Dutch store in uh, in New West. 
and that's just outside of Vancouver. It's part of the Greater Vancouver oh, area. Oh, I was yeah, like, I, I live by f- some. I was like, that doesn't sound like an area of Calgary. Um, very possibly could have got a cheese slicer, and uh, any any number of white and blue things. Yeah, that sounds like that place. <laughs> Um, yeah, so those are my hot holiday picks. If you guys want to hit us up with your holiday treats for the season, holiday treats for the season, hashtag holiday treats, brackets for the season. <laughs> do you put brackets on the tag? I don't know. Probably don't do that. Just put holiday treats. Uh, that's a, our episode. That's the episode. That's what we've done today. And as we always say on Cover Me, all I want for Cover Me is you. Oh.